suburban eastern Australia, an environment that has, over time, evolved some extraordinarily unique groups of Homo sapiens. Despite the reputation of their homeland, some are remarkably thin-skinned. Some seem to have multiple lifespans. A few were once thought to be extinct in the region. Others have been observed being sacrificed by their own. But today, we observe a small tribe akin to a group of meerkats that gather together atop a small mound to watch question and discuss the current events of their city, their country, and their world at large. Let's listen keenly and observe this group fondly known as the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove. Well, hello there, dear listener. The Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove podcast, episode 337. I'm Trevor, aka the Iron Fist. With me as always, Shay, the subversive... Hello. And Joe, the tech guy. Evening, all. Right. Well, what a week. What a week. So, um, oh, on a number of levels. So, before we get into the general news of what other what news other people have been making, we'll talk about the news that uh, I've been making. Um, well, first of all, uh, so it was two weeks ago we last met, and Tuesday night, and my mum passed away two days later mm. on Thursday. So she'd had uh, lived with us for nearly 10 years here and, um, yeah, she'd steadily been going down and downhill and uh, it was pretty quick in the end in the last couple of days. So um, so anyway, that was um, with mum and we had a lovely little wake here at our house and um, it was good to do it. You know, because most of her friends have died already and so it was yeah. a group of about 40 and rather than go to a chapel somewhere, somewhere, we just did it at our home here and had people over and um, lots of people uh, that attended um, said that it was really good, the way they would mm. like their sort of wake or memorial or whatever to be. So um, had some food, had some speeches and we could all – talk comfortably. And her sister, for example, had lots of stories to tell, but she didn't want to stand up and make a speech. But because she was just sitting on our patio, you know, people could just come up to her, sit and talk and um, chat about things. And it was good because they're such a different generation. Like my mother was born in 1934 and when her father inherited a dairy farm from his father. They moved from um, oh, out Boon away to Pinkenbar, a suburb in Brisbane, and they had to go via the Story Bridge. So they were in a, on a horse and cart across the Story Bridge and apparently there were like these expansion joints in the bridge so that the horse would stall at every expansion joint and then jump over this gap in the bridge and, uh, and yeah, so as they entered Brisbane, they did it by horse and cart. And um, then, you know, they ran this dairy farm in Pinkenbar and a story I didn't know was then they brought in pasteurisation so he couldn't sell the milk directly to the public. It had to go to a, a, a processing place to be pasteurised and then it could be sold. And he just wasn't going to – this is her father – he wasn't going to – sell the milk to a company, buy it back in order to deliver it to people. So they stopped doing the, 
the dairy farm stuff and moved to Helidon, which is another suburb sort of on the way to Toowoomba. So if you're in Pinkenbar and you've got a bunch of cattle and you need to get to Helidon, how do you get them there? But you drive them over the Story Bridge. And apparently it was <laughs> in the Courier Mail as one of the potentially one of the last cattle drives over the Story Bridge was them removing their sort of dairy cattle back. Um, wow. Yeah. So stories like that, different era, things like, you know, women when they were married had to leave the public service, leave their job. Uh, in the police, if you're going to marry somebody, the male policeman had to check with his boss if it was okay to marry this particular girl he was thinking of marrying and all that. So lots of stories like that of a different era. Um, so mm-hmm. that was good. Um, and, yeah, so, th- so that was uh, with Mum. And then that meant that the uh, court case got delayed um, because it was originally going to be on the Friday and I'd said to the judge, well, I don't even know if I'm going to be there because my mum's terminally ill. So it got delayed to the Wednesday. So I didn't do a podcast that week because I thought I'd probably do it the Wednesday night. Then it got delayed again to the Friday. We had the decision and we got slammed. So the judge said that uh, dismissed us out of hand, but even worse than that said that uh, he felt that Robin had lied in his evidence and, um, thinks that the DPP should look at perjury charges for Robin. And I can tell you, dear listener, I could attest to what Robin said. It was not perjury by any means. And um, I can't go into the detail publicly as much as I'd love to about why it isn't, but essentially it's not. And so... What happened that meant was he really dismissed a lot of Robin's evidence and just sort of threw it out really quickly without examining the things that needed, you know, we would like to have had examined. And so we didn't stand a chance um, uh, once that decision had been made. So so that was super disappointing and uh, gutting and spoken with different people over the weekend, lawyers and other people, and um, taking a long time to sort of process all that. So... Um, so yeah, that was the sort of result of all of that and kind of just have to wait a little while, see what happens before doing much more on things. Certainly I know that the next attempt will need to be a properly incorporated association and we'll need to have a few more active participants in it. So I've learnt what I need to do for the next one. Um, so lessons learned that way um but um really it'd be nice if it was just done and dusted but now robin's got this hanging over his head until that's cleared up but um absolutely he was telling the truth lots of people intimately involved with all this who were there in the courtroom said no 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 and they've looked at the judgment and said it just he's got that he's got that wrong uh, in terms of that assessment of robin so there's there's just no way so um so, yeah, if you want to help Robin out, go onto the noosatempleofsatan.org website, donation link, and send some money because we do have to spend some money, unfortunately, on lawyers and, and whatnot to help Robin out. So uh, so go there and we'll see what happens. And, unfortunately, I really can't go into it much more than that as much as I'd like to. So Any um, news about that? There have been a number of people who've asked about joining particularly from other parts of the country, but... Yeah, well, that's where we're going to have to... um, 
that was part of the problem was that our membership has just been not tight enough or recorded well enough. So all that's going to have to be uh, more tightly regulated uh, to demonstrate who's organising, who's a member and more specific goals and objectives. So down the track it means some sort of incorporated association. So um, that's, that's where we would be heading with that, I think. But at the moment just need to rest, wait and see what happens with Robin's stuff, um, save our energy for that and um, and really can't, you know, comment much more at this stage until that's out of the way. So there we go. So um, so thank you, you to the – sorry. Good. So thank you to people you. Who've, who've given us comments, uh, Bronwyn has there, and I have to say that it's nice when in these situations when people reach out privately or whatever and send you a message of support and uh, you need these things. When things happen to people – get on the blower or the email or send them a note because it does make a big difference when people send you a supportive message because you get down in the dumps, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we can say something, Shay? I was just going to say you're still going to get your run on Compass? No, they'd already – the Compass program had decided they were going to do it on just the religious discrimination bill oh, more right. or less and our stuff doesn't actually – fit in the religious discrimination bill because okay. the religious discrimination bill is really about giving religious institutions the power to discriminate against people. Mm. And we can't copy that because, A, we don't have any big institutions and, B, we don't <laughs> want to discriminate against people <laughs> as opposed to things like prayers and council rooms or religious instruction where actually we do want to do those things. We can put our hand <laughs> yeah. up for that. So that's the problem with the religious discrimination bill. So, um, so You want uh, positive equality rather than negative equality. Yes. So, um, so anyway, the judge called our stuff confected nonsense and lots of comments. In, actually, I find it really hard to read the media on these things, even when I know it's a positive story. I just don't sort of I can't bear to watch myself on these TV news reports and things, but uh, apparently these comments still were relatively positive. So anyway, um, uh, there we go. Um, Other than the nutters. Yeah. Jem says, was my picture used in the case at any point, Trevor? That was about holding his um, membership certificate. No, Jem, it wasn't. But uh, anyway, <laughs> if you're in the chat room, make a comment. And I'm pretty much done with that. Because of the circumstances, can't really go into it much more. Would like to, but really feel can't. So now, Landon apparently has sent some money, which yeah. he says is better than thoughts and prayers. That's indeed. <laughs> Landon Hardbottom was extremely generous, and you know, Robin and Robin has had to today deposit some money in a trust account of a lawyer to to get advice about how to deal with this. So. Mm. He is going to need several thousands of dollars, and if you put, if he ends up not needing it, great. He'll be used on other things, um, but chances are he's going to need it. So, head to noosatempleofsatan.org. Um, look, this is the missing link as to why the Temple of Satan is a religion. Because I mean, putting your hand out and asking for money—it's <laughs> the ultimate sign in, of a religious group. What? Why do? Why do? <laughs> Why doubt us now? 
if we're pulling our hand out, pleading for money. That's the final piece of the puzzle. Exactly. And you out there in the congregation just need to put your hand in your pocket and give it a go. So, all right. Um, so, yeah, Landon, you are a champion. Thank you very, very much. Uh, much appreciated, Landon. So that's already been spent, let me tell you. So it's gone. So, all right. Uh, talking, talking of satanic temples, by the yeah. way. Yes. Did you did you see the U.S. Supreme Court's judgment on uh, a town hall, city hall that had fl- they uh, basically a Christian summer camp had wanted to fly the Christian flag over town hall for a week as they have flown other flags, mm-hmm. and the city said, "No, no, this is a religious flag. We don't fly religious flags," and the Supreme Court voted nine to zero that they do fly religious flags. If they accept any, they have to accept religious ones as well. So the satanic temple in the US is now applying to fly the satanic flag. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So um, the US is different in terms of it seems to be that it doesn't need to have a supernatural um, belief as part of the religion um, over there. So, In fact, the... Atheist, uh, American atheists, I think, have been granted tax exemption by uh, the whatever the income tax people are. As, as a religious tax exemption or as just as a charitable religious, tax? No, no, religious tax really? exemption. They said right. they don't want it, but they've been granted it. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so even atheism is counted under the same laws by right. the US. Right. Yeah. So... Um, Okay, so that's uh, – well, we'll get on to Roe. Do you want to do Roe v. Wade now while we're at it, like while we're talking religion and then go to the election afterwards, or do you want to do the election now and, and what do you feel like doing? You tell me. You don't care? Yeah, I think we've already leaned into yeah. America. Good so. on you. Okay, let's yeah. lean, lean in a bit more. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so Roe v. Wade, of course, was the famous case which basically um, was – uh, decided that within the Constitution there was a limited right to terminate uh, pregnancies at certain months of a pregnancy. So, and that then restricted the states uh, as to what laws they could make. Many of them wanting to basically ban it outright. So mm-hmm. now, the uh, high, uh, the Supreme Court in the U.S. because of the change in personnel with much more. Um, highly religious Christian right-wingers in there, what everybody knew was going to happen eventually happened. And No, 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 they'd been <laughs> promised that these people weren't. If they got the votes, yeah. then they wouldn't do this. Yeah. Everyone knew this was coming. It's no surprise that it did, and it just it shocks anyway. Well, it was only a draft announcement. It's not been made. Yes. Yeah, very interesting that it's – you're correct. So – a leak of the judge's reasonings has come out, but mm-hmm. the court has confirmed it is an accurate draft, like it's not made up. And, right. you know, anybody sort of watching the court and how it works knows what the numbers are in support of that. Um, so it's it's might have some little tinkering at the edges, but it was some sort of 80-page draft report, like they were pretty <laughs> sure of what they were doing with that one. 
and uh, it will be at some stage law, but not yet. That's right. So that will then free up the stif- various different states of America to pass whatever laws they like because uh, Roe v. Wade said that there's a privacy aspect in the US Constitution that restricts states from um, from banning um, the termination of pregnancies. So, so it'll be open to the states now to pass more or less whatever law they want to in that regard. And the knock-on effect, because Roe v. Wade set a precedence around privacy, mm-hmm. the other questions are, you know, what other decisions have been based off Roe v. Wade, mm. which will have other impacts? So contraception, but also I think there's a number of other things that are based on top of that, yeah. which are all up for appeal. All sorts of bodily autonomy type of things, yeah. Yeah, not so it's not just abortion. There's a whole yeah. load of other cases that are based on. If you're really into this sort of stuff, there's a podcast called Opening Arguments, and there's a lawyer on that who's really good. And... Um, it wasn't that long ago that um, uh, that any sort of um, uh, oral sex or anal sex, even amongst heterosexuals, was banned in the United States. It wasn't that long ago that it was illegal. Mm-hmm. So uh, look for stuff like that to become illegal uh, with these people. Mm. Uh, it's really, it's really something out of The Handmaid's Tale as this society yeah. regresses back to this Christian fascist craziness. It, it's been suggested that the right wing wants small government, a government so small that it can fit through your bedroom keyhole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's definitely yet another sign of the just a decay of a civilization. So um, uh, frightening for mm. for people in the United States. Why you would go and work there as an expat from some other country? I just don't know why. I couldn't do it. Um, no. So with their crazy laws. So, um, so what have people been saying? Um, people are angry. Here's a good. Here's a good example. These comments might be strong, but it's how I genuinely feel. Um, I don't care that you're a Christian. I don't care what the Bible says. Like, I feel like it's a clown show, like sitting here trying to decipher what your little mythical book has to say about these very real political issues, right? I don't care if you're Christian. In fact, I will fight for you to have your religious liberty and practice your Christianity. I believe in that. I don't believe in Christianity, which means that you do not get to dictate the way I live my life based on your religion. I don't care what the Bible says. You have every right in the world, all those women who identify with your religion have every right in the world to not get an abortion, to not take birth control, but they do not have the right to dictate my life and what I decide to do with my body. I don't care about your goddamn religion. I'm so tired of having nonstop conversations about what the Bible says you live your life in the way that you interpret the Bible. Again, I don't care, but you don't get to take the Bible and tell me, well, the Bible says this in this chapter in this verse. I don't care. I don't care. I don't believe in it. And I have the right based on our constitution to not believe in it. That's well said. Yeah. 
that sort of really anti-Christian, anti-Bible comment, you don't hear often enough around the place. <laughs> Somebody just bags it on. I don't know who or where she was from, but she seemed like some news. Oh, she's from title. the Young Turks. Oh, Young Turks. Oh, okay. So they're off, not quite mainstream. Yeah. So, no. uh, yeah. And, of course, the Bible actually gives instructions on how to perform an abortion. Does it? Yes, but only if you suspect that your wife has cheated on you. Oh, I see. What's, what, chapter talks about mix- what chapter and verse is uh, that? I'll, I'll, I'll find it. It talks about mixing up a magic potion that will cause her to miscarry if she's had um, an affair, right. if the child is not yours. Right. Uh, okay. So, um, so this comes as no surprise. Let me just find this other clip that I want to get up as well because um, this one's a good one. And just wait for it to load. Okay, I'll play this one as well, and then we'll talk a bit more. I am angry. Angry and upset? Angry and upset and determined. The United States Congress can keep Roe versus Wade, the law of the land. They just need to do it. I've never seen you so angry. You seem to be... This is what the Republicans have been working toward this day for decades. They have been out there plotting carefully cultivating these Supreme Court justices so they could have a majority on the bench who would accomplish something that the majority of Americans do not want. 69% of people across this country, across this country, red states and blue states, old people and young people, want Roe versus Wade to maintain we as the law of the land. In the womb, we need to we, do no, that. We are not and going we to have a right. Yep, the failed states of America. Um, but she's nailed it there, Elizabeth Warren, because this is not something that just happened overnight. The plotting for decades is exactly right. There is a, it's, I think it's called the Federalist associational group mm-hmm. but essentially federal society. society and that was formed because i think presidents like reagan ended up appointing judges who they thought would be uh right-wing pro-religion and then they got on the bench and found out they were a lot more left-wing than they thought they were <laughs> and so they were like so pissed that they said, we need to vet these people and watch them almost from birth to make sure we get the right people and we're not dudded when we get a chance to appoint a judge. So this Federalist Association has basically been examining the decisions of every judge as to whether they're a good, strong Christian judge and looking for any chinks in their armour and making sure that they are totally towing a line, and then they will um, recommend their promotion and 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 cultivate them and and recommend them for promotions. And you know, like the Republican Party heavily relies on that group um, as to, and the Christians then also say to the. Uh, politicians, well, we want you to appoint people that the Federalist Society recommends. And, yeah. And um, then they go, oh, no, we can't possibly uh, choose somebody as a member of the Supreme Court because there's 75 months before the next presidential election and therefore it wouldn't be fair. Yes, that's right. So 
because uh, they refused to. Uh, Obama had nearly twelve months left, yeah. and they said, "Oh, it's too close to the end. We're not going to let you put a judge in." Yes, and then they put ACB in. Was it? Uh, they put somebody in, even close. Amy to the Coney end Barrett, of maybe. Yes. Um, so this is all about that whole seven mountains. It's the long-term plotting and planning that just cannot be denied. Yeah. You know, this is where, you know, the Sue Baineses of the world plotting and planning with uh, the Lord Mayor and spending their time so that in five or six years' time they will have ingratiated themselves into a position of influence. And this long-term, um, you know, have a prayer breakfast who are the school captains mm. of every school on the Gold Coast? Let's get them in. Um, mm. Let's sniff around, see who seems like a good Christian. Okay, I've got, what are you interested in? Oh, I've got, I know somebody who knows somebody. We could help you out, put you over here, do this sort of thing, that sort of thing. Like this culturing, uh, cultivating and nurturing and, and seeding of people and playing the long game. This is what happens when you play the long game with uh, a motivation. I was too impatient with this religious instruction stuff. I should have waited another year um, or two. I was too impatient. So that's my sort of takeaway I'm coming from it. Calls for quite some time about reforming the Supreme Court mm. and saying that, you know, nine basically gives too much of a chance of a stacked. Mm. Um, and therefore there should be a, a larger number of justices and maybe not make them serve for life. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, actually have them retire, mm. you know, give, give them 10 years or whatever, and that's it. Yeah. Because otherwise you get people sitting in there forever and you, you do get the ability to cherry pick. Mm. Mm. Joe Biden came out today to condemn the protesters who showed up at the justice houses. So apparently a bunch of protesters showed up at Brett Kavanaugh's. Yes, Brett on the street, house. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So people are angry. Yeah, and that's what's happening to the Liberal Party in Australia, as Bronwyn mentioned in the comments. Um, we've seen it with the Mormons in Victoria, but any sort of, of this hardline Pentecostal type Christian groups who are getting people to sign up and be members of the Liberal Party and then dominate the pre-selection and even Morrison, you know, basically handpicking people, people and in? parachuting people in despite the wishes of of the uh, of the local members. I mean, I guess Labor's guilty of the same thing in terms of this stuff where they've parachuted people in, but um, but the, you know, the type of people who are getting into the Liberal Party's pre-selection is frightening. It's, mm. um, you've only got to stand back and just look at it for a moment. So um, I'll read a bit of an article, an extract from an article by Michael Bradley, uh, who is uh, from Marquee Lawyers, and he often writes good stuff on Twitter. You follow him, Shay, Ma- Michael mm. Bradley, Marquee Lawyers, they're good. Yep. Yeah. So he says, um, the problem, of course, is that Americans must constantly resort to their 18th century constitution to seek protection of basic human rights because they cannot find them in civil discourse or congregational debate. Apart from the liberal fringe of coastal states, it is hard to find social attitudes at a legislative level in the United States 
that are much more advanced than those of the Taliban. To illustrate, once Roe goes, up to 30 states will legislate to effectively recriminalise abortion. 30 out of 50. Many will allow no exceptions whatsoever, even in the case of incestuous rape of a minor where the mother's life is in danger. America is, surely we all know by now, fucked. It is a paralysed and incapable of irrational discussion or progressive change. So it ends up on fundamental questions like the autonomy of women over their own bodies with a simply a dichotomous choice left in the hands of judges who are now absolutely pure ideological avatars for their sponsors. Consequently, Roe v. Wade has the status of a temple and its toppling will be felt like an earthquake. The leaked opinion purports to address this, saying, We do not pretend to know how our political system will respond to today's decision overruling Roe. They know as much as a terrorist would know about what will happen when he lets off a hand grenade in a crowded hall, which is to say, enough. Very well written. I think it's such a dysfunctional society that they have um, collapsed into. Um, there's no solutions in a society like that. Well, it's, so they can they can create a federal law that legalizes it. Yeah, but, but you, so there doesn't yeah. have to be but, an implicit. But they can't. They can't get these things through. They can't get well, it through the, if, both if, houses. If they if they abolish the filibuster, they can. Oh, right. You know, but they're not going to because they talk about things um, like. You know, increasing the numbers in the high in the Supreme Court from nine to fifteen or twenty or thirty, but all that'll mean is that the, when the Republicans get in charge, they'll end up stacking it with thirty Christians, <laughs> not just nine. It, it's a lot. It's a lot harder to do if you've got limited terms. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, it to me is. Uh, it's just entering Handmaid's Tale territory. If you haven't watched the series, read the book, it's worth doing. It's, yeah. there's, there's quite a good thought experiment about the whole, you know, um, a, a fetus, uh, a blastocyte is the same as a born child. Mm-hmm. Um, is, if there was a fire in the hospital, would you stop to get the, the test tube, you know, the, the fertilised embryos out of the freezer? Or would you worry about the children in the maternity wing? Because in theory, they've got equal value. These arguments mean nothing to these people. They, they are no. totally... And the whole abortion issue is a political issue. Like, I think I read yeah, somewhere absolutely. that in the 1930s or 40s, none of the Christian groups cared about... It was only to, the Catholics. In and, fact, it was up until the 1970s. Yeah, and it was really created as a wedge issue and people were whipped up into caring about this. But the Yeah, it was the immoral minority that yeah, were whipped it up. And it was seen as an issue that could be politicized and and so somebody from an earlier era would be going, Well I'm Christian, but what are you talking about? I'm, they would not okay. hold the same value system that's been um, indoctrinated into the modern American Christian. Um we don't have to talk about this whole um, indoctrination of media and culture because it's it's happening here as well. Um, 
in terms of um, in, uh, in, you know, in terms of our politics, let's face it, we've got an election coming up soon. Let's talk election now. Segway. There has never been, dear listener, a government as bad as this one. Mm-hmm. There's never been such a level of corruption, of ineptitude in dealing with issues that Australia needs to deal with, whether it's pandemic issues, whether it is our foreign affairs relations with other countries, um, whether it's just paying someone to build something like a submarine, uh, maintaining the relationship with that country. Just the basic idea of truth when you're talking about it, just the mm. incessant lying, it, there, there honestly has never been a worse government than this one. And the mm. fact that they still might win is <laughs> a blight on our society mm. that is largely the result of mass mainstream media indoctrination of people. Yes. It is largely the result of the Murdoch Papers, mm-hmm. Fairfax, uh, Seven, uh, but mainly Murdoch and Nine running a very hard pro-LMP line and the ABC being cowed into submission into sort of both sizing, both siding issues where, where that has no place. Where an issue is it's just complete shit to think of this particular program or what's being done by the Liberals as any credibility at all. It just needs to be panned and bagged, but they will um, go I easy mean, on them. The, the lack of anybody picking up the friendly Geordie's alloca- uh, allegations. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The level of corruption, the jobs for for the the boys, the contracts and money handed out to people willy nilly, with no proper tendering process. Oh, but Labor does it when they get in. Nothing wasn't, wasn't that Berejiklian's answer. There's been nothing. <laughs> Everybody does it. Exactly. Everybody does it. It's, it's okay. Nothing like it. You know, Tudge, supposed to be education minister, but in getting a minister's salary, but he isn't it the education minister, but he's still in cabinet somehow. There's any number of things. And what did people say at a fucking dinner party that I'm at at Saturday night? Oh, that Albanese's not very good. He didn't he didn't know the um the uh the interest rates. Six or he, point didn't, plan. he didn't he, he didn't know the, the basic data. He's not very smart. Like that's it. Like Still, because that's for the average person, you, if you're listening to this podcast, are not the average person. You're engaged and the average person just gets a fleeting sniff of what's Mm. going on. Oh, but he stopped the boats. He didn't. Well, we might have, but they flew in by aeroplane instead. That's right. The average Joe just gets a fleeting sniff. And, okay, people don't subscribe and buy newspapers anymore and they don't sit down and watch the 6 o'clock news, but they get that sniff and a whiff of what's going on 
from mm. these guys anyway. In our culture, it just manages to get to people who are just on the periphery and only vaguely sensing what's going on. So um, so with everything that was going on for me the last two weeks, I wasn't really looking at news at all. I went a bit cold turkey on because I just couldn't. And, um, mm. and it was kind of refreshing because if you're in Twitter on, you know, what's the hashtag for the Ozpols, Ozpolitics? Ozpol, or yeah. Ozpol. Everyone there hates Morrison. Yes. They're all banging on about what a terrible government it is. But, you know, like I went to a dinner party and it was older crowd admittedly and, you know, probably 50% was still LNP. So um, just... Wow. And and for no good reason other than, yeah, Albanese doesn't really know his stuff very well and um, just vague feelings of this whole, you know, oh, well, I don't like any side of politics. Don't like any of them. Well, what's Labor done in the last nine years that you don't like? Like not much. Okay. It, it's such an obvious decision. Well, and that's that's the problem. Between they the they haven't done much. So, you know, I'm, I've, I've left the Greens out of this. I think the Greens are great. Like, I'll, you know, I'm going to vote Greens one and then I'll preference Labor and that's who will end up getting it. But just that, let's that was the thing about Tony Abbott. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was brilliant in opposition. Mm. Mm. He was formidable. Um, mm. But yeah. you can be brilliant when the media is on your side. That's right. Yeah, that's true. And just throwing you, you know, your little jabs turn into right hooks because the media just keeps beefing them up. Like if it was a decent, proper, impartial, analytical media, it would have torn him to shreds. Murdoch will never let that happen. Exactly. This is the problem in our democracy at the moment. We have totally been, you know, we've just talked about America and what's happened. Good people, well-meaning people, end up getting indoctrinated and inculcated by these cultural influences um, through the media. And mm. what do you do? How, you know, how do you counteract that? I don't know. Um, so, hey, Joe, my chat, uh, oh, I think it might be going through now. Um, so it's it's depressing. I can only say, tell all your friends to start an RSS feed and start picking and choosing some way of getting information. So I was at a different thing. My son had a bit of a surprise birthday party. So, so yeah, I had a function in the morning with a bunch of young people just turned 30 and then a function in the evening with a bunch of older people who were all pretty much retired. So it was good cross-section, yeah. So, um, so yeah, the young people in there just turned thirties, um, definitely more sympathetic to sort of, uh, labor type stuff, but, um, actually, even then we were arguing, I don't know about knowing the policies. You know what? I probably couldn't announce many of what their policies are to tell you the truth. I just know fucking Morrison The only one that matters is a federal ICAC. Yeah, I know Nothing that. else can be fucking done, well, really, well, until we get an ICAC, until we know who's fucking buying who, which prick is where, like. It, well, it's, it's all Labor's fault we don't have an ICAC. Hey? I said it's all Labor's fault we don't have an ICAC. Yeah. Because <laughs> they wouldn't rubber stamp. The version um, Scott Morrison wanted. <laughs> Tried his best. <laughs> It's like the religious discrimination bill because they wouldn't do the version he wanted. But 
I, well, here's, here's the point, though, Shay. Like, um, okay, ICAC, but really, where's the talk about taxing billionaires? Where is the talk about the inequality in our system? It's, it doesn't get talked about. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the billionaires are still just raking it in at the top 1% without anybody saying a wealth tax. Like I know what you're saying that it's all about a federal ICAC is, is, is the thing. Mm. And you know what? Next election it'll be something similar, boats, China. The next election it'll be something else, climate. Meanwhile, goddamn billionaires are just going to keep raking it in with nobody assessing their wealth and doing a proper wealth tax. I mean, there's, some, there's so many issues that need to be addressed and, um, and yeah, they're I mean, able to make it so hard for the left to make an argument that we're reduced to just pushing one at a time because that's really all anyone can concentrate on at one time is to say an ICAC. Sorry, Joe. Uh, a, hung, a hung parliament is the best outcome. Yes. Because that means that the Greens and the Independents have the balance of power. Yes. I think it'd be great. And, and yeah, and, and, and therefore a lot of different things will get pushed forward that, you know, Labour wouldn't dare implement yeah. because they're too scared of their political donors. Yeah. Whereas if their arm is twisted by the Greens... They can go, well, it wasn't our fault. We had to push it through because. It's part of a deal. We had to give them this in order to get that. Yep. So sorry, yeah. but yeah. I agree. I mean, Gillard government passed lots of. Sorry, yeah. Shay? Yeah, the Greens are talking about taxing the billionaires. Yes, mm-hmm. they, they are. That's right. Um, so, um, yeah, so, yeah, I was talking to the young people about how they get their information, and it seemed to me they just get fleeting information through social media at just at different times. And, again, mm. it would be the Murdoch sort of line that's so bombarding things that little bits of it eventually make their way across. So, um, and, and even then amongst the young people, maybe some of them are listening to this, we were talking about China because it was... Um, yeah. Got into a, it was good for me actually because I needed a, a mind break to get away from all this, you know, satanic stuff. And um, and there was definitely amongst a couple of them this sort of anti-China that China's terrible, that it's not a democracy. And okay, America's not good, but at least America's a democracy, and we wouldn't want China to take control of stuff like if. You know, they're the worst of the two evils sort of thing. And I really feel, like I made the point, it was only five years, six years ago that we were doing a free trade agreement with China, that we were doing military exercises with China. and That we rented the, a port. Rented a port and the Liberals wanted to do an extradition treaty with China so that we would extradite prisoners back to China and they criticised Labor because Labor said, you can't do that, human rights. And the Liberals said, well, you're, you're going to damage our relationship with China. <laughs> yeah. That was not so long ago. It was only five years ago that everything was all swimming wonderful with China. 
there weren't these talks about how they're the most evil people and they're about to invade us. It's just that it's been drummed into us over the last four fucking years mm. because what happened? Fucking Morrison said, let's send in weapons inspector-like people and blah, 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 and, it, and just kept doubling down on being the US lapdog and completely ruined a relationship and we just get pounded with this anti-China rhetoric. Mm. It's, and what they say uh, when you said that to them? Because uh, even remember. at the last federal election, I was in Adelaide for a baby shower and I went yeah. to put my vote in and afterward I came back. And so obviously at a baby shower, predominantly females and uh, a couple of people from the LGBTIQ community and all, uh, I would say um, 70% of them voted Liberal that day. Right, yep. And I was like, huh? That's <laughs> the first like I realised that I thought Labor was going to romp it in and that they, they really hadn't. And uh, so I would say, like, oh, that's really interesting because they voted no for marriage equality and they put you through this plebiscite and, like, and and they literally looked at me and was like, oh, I forgot about forgot. that. <laughs> yeah, but jobs and growth. What about, what about my franking like, dividends? I've had a bunch yeah. of conversations in the past week. People are saying I actively do not watch the the news i don't want to talk about it and i'm like you guys <laughs> yep. you're not paying attention the things that make you feel comfortable now aren't going to keep being comfortable you're yep. going to start to get really uncomfortable with the legislation like yep. i just don't think it's acceptable for australians to just be like nah yeah just want to watch tiktok or whatever yeah well I, I, so I what, is they say? what do young people say to you uh in relation to the china uh, issue um, I didn't make a lot of headway. I didn't. I didn't change any minds. We we talked and talked, but um, I didn't change any minds. But I've kind of accepted I'll never will. So, <laughs> yes, except well, I did have one that. supporter. Good on you, Liam. He'll be listening to this because I said uh, I said at one point because he was on my side. He was sort of giving me a bit of a leg up, and uh, I was saying, "Where do you guys get your information from?" And he said, "Well, actually, I get." Probably most of it from you, Trevor, and um, and Crikey. A lot of people actually, I think, if you're in the chat room and you've started subscribing to Crikey, can you let me know? Because more than a few people have said that they've started subscribing to Crikey. So I'd be interested to know. So, yeah, I um, couldn't convince. You know, one of the issues is people talk about what is everyday life like in China if you want to criticise the government and... Um, and they were saying that your chances of being a uh, locked up and thrown away with in prison were sort of higher in China as a as a political protester if you're trying to get change. And so I don't really know enough about how, and, and none of us do, about what it's really like on the ground in China. If you were somebody who wanted change in your community, you, yeah, probably more likely to terminate a pregnancy without a trouble. In, <laughs> In China, um, but I don't know if you thought, for example, there wasn't enough money in schools or pick an issue. I don't know. I imagine you talk to the local Communist Party operatives and say, "This is what we want," and you agitate and force, and 
try and convince them or you join the party yourself and try and convince them. Like, I don't know enough of how it works. It also got round to sort of the Uyghurs and how human rights issues. And then you say, well, hang on, if you're talking about incarceration, which country incarcerates more people? I mean, if you're poor and black, you're a fair chance of being in prison in America. So... Oh, but they, they don't incarcerate them in China. They just sell them for organs. Yeah, and, and, but we don't know the numbers. We don't know what it's really – we don't get enough information about the average life of a poor – because then I said, look, I've had homestay kids here living with us over the years and they look at our electoral system and they've lived here for several years and I say, so – when you go back to China, do you sort of look and think you'd like a democracy like ours? With And they say, no, quite happy with the current way it is. I've got a friend from Shenzhen and she was shocked at how backward Australia was. Right. You know, she used to, she never cooked for herself. She always ordered takeaway and she could go online and order anything and it was delivered next day and she lived a very, very cushy life. Yeah. And um, so, you know, People said, oh, well, that's the middle class. It was a couple of university lecturers like, who were sending their kids to our house, was one was one kid. Um, yeah, so we just don't know about what the average lifestyle is. But there's people cut a deal. Like, And I said to these guys, look, you are imposing or projecting a value system that you've been brought up with that democracy – as we experience it, is the best and everybody would want it. But if you've grown up in a different system and culturally, you may not think that way. And there's a deal cut. The Chinese people basically will say to the Communist Party, do what you're, do what you're doing as long as we feel that our standard of living is improving and getting better, then we're going to let you keep going the way you're doing it. That's just, and that's, that's what, true. That's I mean, true over here. Correct. It's it's mm. a deal done with the population and the political leaders. Is what in whatever system? If I feel I'm going okay, and I can see that in the future I'm going okay, I'm not going to complain. And mm. and uh, so I was sort of making all these arguments. I thought they were convincing, but I think Brendan was still yet to be uh, decided. But uh, hey, in the chat room, Bromman says she subscribes to Crikey and recommends it. Same for Camille. Uh, and uh, does not regret it at all. So it's definitely good, definitely worth looking at. I get a lot out of it. So, oh, digressed down a few rabbit holes there. Um, oh, and Anne Reid, hello, Anne. Subscribed on my recommendation. I needed some sort of affiliate link. <laughs> Right. I, I was about to say, if you get enough um, subscriptions, does the podcast yeah. get one free? Yeah, I don't know. So, um, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, just still on the election before we leave. There's a graph on the on the um, on the screen, and now what does that graph show? Let me just think. It shows. Um, the primary vote is the top area up there, the top line. And uh, red for Labor, obviously blue for LNP, and you know ups and downs there, but relatively close over the last uh, four years, and still close. When you look at just that straight primary vote, there's not a lot of difference between the LNP and Labor. After all the shit that these guys have done, there's not much difference. 
And um, so then you've got to look at the two-party preferred. So after preferences, then you see a gap develop where um, people have said, well, I'm not that happy with Labor. I like the idea of some of these Greens, for example, but I'm definitely not voting LNP. So there's a, it's a, a broad... Um, and you've got to wonder how much on. impact um, Clive's having. Well, this is the thing. Like, um, So Clive Palmer, I think he could turn it again. He's, he's given all of his good. preference except for a couple of seats. He's, yeah. You know, his how-to-vote card is telling people to send it to the LNP. So mm-hmm. um, uh, he, he could yet have a, a, a bigger influence than, than we currently think. Uh, just for mm-hmm. completeness, this is next graph just shows leader satisfaction and you can see Morrison, um, uh, February, through to April was sky high and has gradually plummeted since. So if you look at it... I don't know why he was popular then. He was fucking useless all the time. Exactly, Mm. exactly. But if you look at it, there's not a lot of difference between Bill Shorten's satisfaction rating and Albanese's satisfaction Mm. rating at this time. Not much different, Mm. unfortunately, and... Although I must say that um, I, uh, and I probably am just optimistic, but mm. I think that um, he has, Albanese has more appeal to women than Bill Shorten. Yes. Well, that seems to be and the I thing. Think that's, that, I think that's who he's talking to. And even a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about your mate, the one you're impressed by. Oh, yes, Jason Clare. Yeah, because yeah. I'm just like, eh. I'm tired of being charmed, wooed. <laughs> I just want my nice, ordinary yeah. elbow. I, yeah. That's where I'm at. And I think um, I think that's how a lot of women feel. I just want all of you out of my face. Stop shouting at me. Right. Yeah, just a nice, quiet gentleman. Just... Nice, quiet, going to do some work yeah. and leave me in peace. Yeah. I can understand mm. that. I get that. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, I actually just put up a picture of a guy. I'll, I'll put him up again now. Do you guys know who this guy Handsome. is? Yeah. No. Um, um, Liberal MP, Bernie Finn. Um, so he wrote on a social media that he was also praying for abortion to be banned in Australia. So I think he's Victorian uh, upper house MP. That was in response. I don't mind when they pray. That was in response to. That's Roe not going to make any difference. <laughs> was in response to Roe v. Wade, and um, he said, "So excited, the US is on the verge of a major breakthrough to civilization. <coughs> Praying it will come here soon. Killing babies is criminal. This is the caliber of people. Uh, yeah, sorry, it just came up in the PowerPoint that I had lurking in the background there. So, um, yeah." Um, what else have we got? Um, um, oh, Caitlin Johnson, who I also like, um, she said, so glad Trump lost because otherwise Roe v. Wade would be on the chopping block and immigrants would still be getting mistreated and the Iran deal would still be dead and the military budget would keep inflating. Bastard would probably have us on the brink of World War III by now. <laughs> <laughs> 
turns out Republicans were right to spend all that time fear-mongering about Sharia law coming to America. They just didn't say that they'd be the ones bringing it. Yeah. Yes. He's a good writer, like Caitlin Johnson. Um, yeah. Still just on the um, election, Shay, are you able to describe any of the activities you've been doing? Uh, you've been doing some phone calls or stuff like that, or you don't yeah. want to talk about it? You talk about how much? No, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. So um, went to the Labor Day March last Monday, so... Mm-hmm. Got the G up from all the politicians. So Anthony Albanese was there. Who else was there? Sally McManus was there. So they are, yeah, just really pushing the anti-Scott Morrison message. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just been doing some phone banking and talking to volunteers and um, out talking to people. And, yes, so there is, like, I'm surprised, still a complacency even after everything we've been through. Mm. Um, but um, our seat and the seat of Brisbane, so the seat of Ryan and the seat of Brisbane, has been declared winnable by the Labor Party. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, Joe's, yeah, in, Joe's so, in the seat of Dixon. How's that going? <laughs> so um, he's nervous. It's probably the first time we've made Peter Dunn nervous because last time he just he just said, oh, the candidate doesn't live in the electorate, and that was basically that. Because this time seems like she has given him a run for his money. And I think uh, certainly Friendly Geordies does does have a wide uh, fan base. Yeah, I mean, I I see a worrying, I I see five times as many Dutton posters as I do Ali France posters. Mm. Um, And... You know, I, I, the first sign of nervousness was one of my neighbours dumped a photocopied letter, handwritten letter in my mailbox, which was authorised by Peter Dutton. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first sign of desperation that I saw. Yeah. Mm. They, they had to get, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a small businessman and, and, you know, he's always been nothing but nice to my children. And, and yeah, he's always you showed me out. that. It was like a handwritten letter. What, yeah. 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 So they've got people handwriting letters of testimonial sort of support. I, I don't know if that's general or whether yeah. this was just this guy, but it was authorised by Peter Dutton yes. on the bottom, so it obviously had been signed off by the yeah the, the office. Yeah, he's such a good man. He always gives my t- kids time, looks them in, directly yes. in the eye and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, mm. yeah. Julie in the oh, chat. Oh, yeah, and then one more thing mm. I was just going to say was that today I was at the aged care strike mm. and, again, mm. like just hearing from the aged care workers about how really desperate it still is, like I think um, does it does seem, um, firstly, Claire O'Neill was there, I think that's her name, mm-hmm. Labor Federal, yeah, she's, she's excellent. And the other thing was like um, it does seem clear that a lot of people and it might be just my echo chamber that I'm living in, but it does seem like people do want this fixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine lives in an apartment building with um, Peter Dutton's mother. And mm. um, so uh, it's a relatively new building, so the people are still getting to know each other. So I don't know how these people meet and talk, but he had a conversation with her where... Mm-hmm. She was like glowing about her son, Peter, and how wonderful he was on foreign affairs and, and how on top of things and how he was protecting Australia. And my friend said, basically, <laughs> bullshit. He doesn't know what he's talking about. 
And she said, well, what would you know? And then my friend, who is uh, Han Tu from a previous podcast, you might have remembered I spoke to a guy about China and military matters, and he's lectured on uh, basically military manoeuvring in the Pacific, <laughs> specifically Indonesia. And um, so he then told this woman what his credentials were and how he, and she went, oh, just shut up and just move on to something else. But uh, it was a good, Probably a good idea. My friend enjoyed it as a good moment when uh, he just told her, stop. He, he doesn't know what he's talking mm. about. And she said, oh, what would you know? Well, actually, and he rattled off his qualifications. So that was good. I, I saw another one of those with, um, oh, um, Elon Musk saying, you know, uh, when I own Twitter, we're going to have all this advanced technologies, yeah, programming stuff. Right. And someone called him out on it and he goes, who are you to be questioning me? Yes. And he then went off and, yeah, he's the guy who invented half of the internet. Yes, that's right. Because <laughs> Musk used a term like so, something like um, exponential hardware, software, something or other. He used a, a terminology and this guy said, what do you mean by that? And, um, yes. you know, that's, that's that's just a bullshit term nobody uses and, yeah, mm. and he got schooled by by this guy. So, yeah, I did see that. Um, yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Just in terms of um, I'm sort of fascinated by the door knocking, phone ringing process that people do at this time. And this is um, a copy of a text exchange because we do get text messages and things now. And um, this person uh, was approached, Hi, this is Alex from Colleen Harkin's team, your federal Liberal candidate for McNamara. Colleen has asked me to reach out about any local issues you may have. Is there anything you want to raise with her? The text message. And the response is, yes, I want an ICAC, action on climate change and job security. And the next message was, Thank you for your time. We'll remove you from our list. Assume <laughs> <laughs> it's authentic. Um, mm. uh, let me just get another video up here. Um, let me just find this one. Yep. Um, Pauline Hanson is just sort of dragging candidates from Melbourne to stand in seats in Queensland just so that she's got a warm body on the on the mm. sheet so that she can get some – it seems that because you get $2 per vote or whatever, provided you get above a certain threshold, it just seems to be a money-making exercise. Um, oh. So she's doing that. Uh, well, you've got to get over a 1000 to recoup your – yeah, and she, uh, gen- she and she can normally get that. She normally mm. can, or, or it's worth having a shot where she can potentially yeah. get these above these thresholds and then not do any spending on electoral stuff in that electorate, but get recom- yeah. uh, re- compensated by the uh, by the system. Hey, you see, yeah. So yeah. anyway, here, I don't know if you've seen this one. Here's a bit of uh, Pauline talking about volcanoes. Do you know how many, how many um, volcanoes there are under the water? Anyone want to have a guess? A million. A million. That are, that are 
blessing will come into our sort of yeah. out of this and work warm in the oceans, all right? And then we have another thousand above ground on land. These are volcanoes that we have. So this is what we're contending with, but we're being told, no, it's human emissions. Every time you breathe out, 4% carbon dioxide. Did you know that? So are they wanting to get rid of the humans? Is that what it is? What did we do to deserve this system? I don't know. I, I don't I think don't know. I, I don't think it's four percent with her because you know she's a waste of oxygen. Right. <laughs> Just for the record, I thought, well, is she right? Is there a are there a million volcanoes under the ocean and another thousand on top? I thought, is it one of these quirks of nature that there's actually more of them down there than you might think? Yeah, there's a lot down there, I know that. But. The Smithsonian Institute Global Volcanism Program says um, volcanoes erupting now, 48. Uh, the number that erupted in 2022 in total, 54. In 2021, there were 75. Volcanoes with confirmed historical erupt eruptions, only 557. And um, since 1800, only 532. Um, volcanoes with confirmed Holocene eruptions, 860. Yeah, there's not a m million volcanoes um, letting off stuff <laughs> under the ocean. And, and also, there's the bathtub analogy. Mm-hmm. And when you have a full bathtub and you've got the overflow pipe and the water's going out as quickly as it's coming in. Right. And then you climb into the bath and it overflows. Yes. Is it the fault of the water that's going in or is it the fault of you climbing in the bath? Oh, right. Okay. I love at the end of the clip how, like, <laughs> she's, she says at the end, like, how preposterous. Like, what are they, trying to get rid of humans? And yeah. then the so, yes. Someone's going, oh, yeah, yes. they want to depopulate the planet. <laughs> they are. That's what this climate change stuff is all about. It's about getting rid of us. <laughs> Same with the COVID nineteen. Mm. It's 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 all about the great reset. Mm. But she was declared Mother of the Year so. <laughs> by a Christian group, wasn't it? Yes. Um, um, in the wake of the controversial decision by the Bernardos charity last year to ditch the prize, so. She was chosen by the Christian organisation Family Voice as a worthy recipient, given her commitment to family in the community and Can indeed Australia. Is she a mother? Um, yes, a uh, mother of four children yeah. and a stepdaughter. Okay. Yeah, so um, said she was surprised but honoured. There we go. Mm. She didn't do too well in the state election, so maybe no. she's going to get cleaned up. No. I was listening to um, My Life is So Boring Now, but oh. I listen to Radio National a lot. Right. Really like the <laughs> breakfast show and there's some, some really good um, other shows on there. Like you can listen to Julian Morrow, which is one of the original Chaser Boys oh, yeah. on Sundays. It's really inter like interesting conversations. It's really where you go to get the nuance and, and the the, the calibre of people that they talk to, like real experts in housing policy, in living, cost of living. Like it's really, 
Yeah. What time of day is this? What, what time of day is this? So you, you can talk. You can listen to Julian Morrow at eight AM on Sunday mornings, right. or you can listen to the RN Breakfast six till nine every morning, and it basically sets the agenda for the day. I just right. find it really a really good show. But okay. then there's a range of other shows like um, Big Ideas is another good one. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure when that one. It just seems to be a bit sporadic. That one. Okay, I might I try and find is, Julian Morrow good. on a podcast. I'm sure it's in a podcast. I'm going to say ABC almost certainly has it as a yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. So um, I kind of forget what my point was. Radio National Breakfast Radio, Mother of the Year, Pauline Hanson, Volcanoes. No. Oh, uh, yes. So they were every day. They go. At, they have a journalist in one of the seats, and today they were talking to people in Hughes. And uh, mostly people just find Craig Kelly to be uh, completely bizarre. They said he used to be a caring man who was Mm. (laughs) interested in them and took care of the electorate and now he's just like. So, Mm. yeah, so they talk to five or six people. Uh, They probably talk to plenty more, but they record talking to five or six people and you get kind of a sense, the lay of the land of each of the seats day by day. So I said don't think that it is landing a lot of this conspiracy talk but i still think people might not admit to voting for her right or clive palmer as mm. well mm. yeah regional queensland i think palmer and hansen and Catter will still get a fan and what's his name oh, Campbell Campbell Newman. Newman. so there's 20 percent mm. or something right. and they're all vying for that 20 percent mm. Yeah. So, I, I see that um, UAP have got lots of ads up going. If we get elected, which of course is impossible, um, we'll cap climate. Uh, we'll cap interest rates at three percent. Yes. Yes. It's like, well, a you're never going to get elected, but b how are you? How do you intend doing that? Yes. That's not feasible, as far as I know. No, I wouldn't have thought so. It's just like saying that- we're, we're going to stop waves crashing onto the shore because we just can yeah yeah that's another thing that has to get done like false advertising we have to get that Mm -hmm. yeah so um amanda stoker she Mm. was at an anti-abortion rally and um she's the assistant minister for women i know where we're at and it's a free country. Yeah. Free country. Well, it's come on. Morrison. Tony Abbott was Minister for Women. Yes. Women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and Scott Morrison says, oh, it's a free country. Like, hey, of course it's a free country. Of course she can go to that if she wants to. But there should be a consequence. Yes. You can't be Minister for Women. But the consequence is women mm. are really angry. Yeah. And the Liberal Party is fucking yep. tone deaf yep. to that. Yep. Nobody Apparently said she, you don't have to be a man or a woman to not notice, to yep. just be totally unaware. Yep. Nobody said she couldn't. They just said she shouldn't. So, I, I take it you've seen the um, the latest Juice Media Honest Government ad? Oh, I, for the election? Yes. I haven't seen it, no. Is it good? Oh, okay. Oh, of course it's good. Right. <laughs> yes. I think they, like, saved the best for last. Okay, I'll I check that. that was their best one. I'll check that one out. So um, the other thing that came out during the week was... Um, Somebody's intestines? Uh, ScoMo always puts stuff up with his cook, cooking a curry. 
So he did a, a picture of a, of a curry dish that he claims to have cooked and he said, um, nice to have a night at home. So curry it is, Sri Lankan tamarind eggplant and okra curry and a classic chicken korma. Strong curry, strong economy, stronger future. Now, if the words don't make you want to throw up, all you've got to do is look at the dish. <laughs> and it's clear that um, that the chicken's raw. Mm. And people like just bagging him and saying, you could not have served that. That's just raw chicken. <laughs> and he said, he responded, he said, oh, no, it was cooked. That's just the way the light bounced off the skin of the chicken. I'm so fucking sick of the gaslighting of these guys. I'm so, I'm so sick of it. Um, uh, Kirsty Wiebeck, she's an Australian comedian, she put up um, a tweet saying, there you go, Scott Morrison's cooked every fucking thing except that chicken. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Let's just keep going. Uh, you know, <laughs> Mike, Mike Carlton, you know, what's the Morrison government's strengths? Defence, $5.5 billion for no French subs. Security, China moves into the Pacific. Economy, 5.1% inflation, worst in 21 years. Integrity, no federal ICAC. And these are just their good points. Hmm. When is enough enough? It's a bit like the um, the Trump days when there were so many scandals and so many just balls up cock ups, crazy shit that you you get away with it because the news cycle keeps moving to the next one. Um, Come on, Scotty hasn't yet drawn the path of a cyclone on the map just to show that he was right and the weather forecasters were wrong. Well, he does the same thing because they show him, you know, when there is a uh, a uh, emergency room or the crisis room for the floods or the bushfires mm. and he's leaning over maps pointing at different areas, like pretending to point, pretending to be directing the people and discussing where to allocate resources and you know, he'll have it'll be a map of some bushfire, and he'll have his hand on the ocean or something. He's just such a fraud. Mm. Um, but anyway, what's the port like out there? Well, there was that Catherine Devers, Devers, Devers. Um, oh yes, the sacrificial lamb, so that she can um, basically dog Apparently whistle. She's apologised now. Uh, she can dog whistle the sort of anti-trans thing, which will help then pick up Western seats for the conservative people out there who are worried about gender issues. This is her um, with her group and somebody was trying to get them organised to do a bit of a rallying cheer for this video. So just check this out. We, she, we love Catherine. She is our candidate. Okay? One, two, three, go. She's our candidate. Yes, That's it. That is one area the Labor Party is certainly better at. <laughs> they know how to cheer in unison and shout. That's right. They had no idea. <laughs> uh, There's no passion in that, was there? <laughs> no. 
No. Here's an example of what we're talking about. Uh, this is a quick one. This is a quick one. The government has been targeting what they call Labour's mismanagement of the economy. That's from the ABC. I'll play it again. The government has been targeting what they call Labour's mismanagement of the economy. Labour hasn't been in charge of the economy for nine <laughs> fucking years. Yeah, but they still mismanaged it from opposition, of course. ABC, you do not have to repeat that unless it's a joke in Mad as Hell by McAuliffe. That's when you can repeat it. (laughs) Just because these assholes say it, you don't have to repeat it. That's right. Hang on, hang on. The ABC has been responsible for News Corp's um, mismanaging of the budget as well. Yes. Yes. ABC... For goodness sake, Mm. just do your job. Mm. You don't just repeat this stuff. This is the stuff that people get um, Mm -hmm. ingrained into them. Oh, yeah, Labor's always known as bad economic managers. Mm. Liberals are not helping you, ABC. Why would you do that? Because they're scared that they'll be taken to task as being Mm. left-leaning. That's good. Even though they're being completely snubbed. Yeah. yeah. There's no debates or anything on the ABC. Like. Yeah. Now, mm. uh, you mentioned earlier uh, you liked Albo because you like just a soft gentleman who's not going to just be a smarty <laughs> pants. Yes, I Rather do. than Jason Clare, who's just a little bit too too He's much of a too... too silver fox. He's too silver fox. Exactly. How, exactly. How is Jim Chalmers? Is he somewhere in the middle on that? Where does Jim Chalmers sit on the um, scale of silver fox to comfortable yeah. dad figure? Is he somewhere in between? He is somewhere in between. Yep. Because I've got to meet him in real life. So he does have a sort of like yep. nerdy thing, but he is a handsome man too. Right. Okay. I thought mm. he performed well in the press club mm. debate with Josh Frydenberg. So we'll try this. Well, the, the Treasurer's just lied to you. Uh, in every way that you measure tax in the budget, this government has taxed more than the last Labor government. That's just a fact. They've taxed more in total. They've taxed more as a share of GDP. They've taxed more per person. And they've taxed more adjusted for inflation. So that's a lie. Uh, and we need to call it out when we see it. It's one of those big furfies that gets dragged out in election campaigns in particular. Now, this tax cap that uh, Josh talks about, 23.9%, in the history of this nation, that tax cap has been breached four times. Every single time was a Liberal government. Every single time. No Labor government has any got anywhere near breaching the current tax-to-GDP cap. So let's have some facts about this uh, on the table. This government is the second highest taxing government of the last 30 years and the highest taxing was John Howard's. So enough of this rubbish about tax. Now John's question about how do we start to take seriously this fiscal challenge we have in the context of high and rising inflation. That is a key challenge that either of us will face. No matter who wakes up as the Treasurer on the 22nd of May, it is a key challenge. And we have already put on the table two ways that we think we can start to make a meaningful difference. John, you ask about um, our discretionary spending cuts. We've announced $3 billion in trimming uh, a budget which has gotten out of control when it... 
All right, probably goes on a bit now, so I'll stop that. Um, yeah, I thought he he was pretty good. Mm. It was quite clear and impressive. Mm. And Monique Ryan nailed Josh Friedberg as well. Yes. That was good. A lot of these uh, independents. He doesn't seem to have much skill, does he? No. No, he doesn't. And um, so um, he's putting up. Sounds perfectly uh, suitable for Scott's government then. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's right. Well, this has been the great thing is like even though some of the electorate is still kind of just like complacent, we really have some competition now in some of the seats we've never seen before. Mm. So I think that will widen the talent pool, whatever happens. Mm. So mm. Josh uh, Frydenberg, of course, his campaign posters that he's got at Kuyong um, had the slogan, stronger economy, stronger future. And um, um, so he um, put that and plastered it over a building which was a closed bank. Um <laughs> Stronger economy, stronger future on a blank on a bank that had closed down. Didn't see the irony in that, but no. And does he really have posters saying "Keep Josh"? Or is is that just? I think that's true. I think yeah. so. It was was it "Keep Josh Pretty Please" or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought no. He would never have posters. been that. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yes. So. No, all right. I think we're done on the election for the moment. Um, what else have I got? Bronwyn's got an interesting comment here mm-hmm. that she has an interest in the Frieden- in Frydenberg retaining his seat as some commentators are talking about him then moving to become the next Liberal Premier of Victoria. The next Is that Liberal if he loses Premier. his seat? Ah, that he'll move into state politics. Yes. Uh-huh. <sighs> But he's so on the nose because he, as Dan, Dictator Dan said, he exposed himself as a Liberal first and a Victorian second. You would have thought mm. he's completely disqualified himself in the state. He'd have more well, chance of being. There's more chance I of being. Know how much anti-lockdown sentiment was there? Well, a good bit. Yeah, I don't know. I reckon he might have a better chance of being Premier of Queensland than Victoria. I think a lot of Victorians. <laughs> Don't like him. So, um, Jungle Juice says, Where do I get my confected nonsense t shirt from? <laughs> Good point. Should make some up. Thanks, Jungle Juice. Um, yeah. What else have I got? Um, you know, people talk about Elon Musk. Oh, isn't it great? Elon Musk, he's going to buy Twitter and he's going to stick it to him and stand up for the little man and freedom of speech. The billionaire. He's just going to do whatever's in his interest. Just like he liked the freedom of the speech of the guy who um, was following, was tweeting where his plane was going. Yes, that's right. There's a guy who's um, so every plane, you know, private and public sort of commercial plane or private jets has a transponder on it, and. Uh, so you can log on to a plane finder type app or system and find where any plane is. And so he he set up a thing that tracks Elon Musk's Musk's plane and basically tweets whenever it's on the move from somewhere to somewhere. And um, so everybody knows, well, Elon Musk just moved from 
It's just flown from San Francisco to um, New York or whatever he's up to. It's just obviously pisses off Elon Musk that everybody knows his movements because this guy's tracking his transponder. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and so he didn't – I don't think there was a legal challenge, but he did try and buy the guy off. Yeah, he offered him a sum of money and the guy knocked it back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I think he's only a young uni student or high school student or something crazy yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, he was a young fella. Yeah. yeah, so good on him. Um, so uh, oh, he put up a tweet which basically may be a little bit hard to see. Um, if you can expand that, Joe, you might be able to. But Only he's, by he's, he's saying that um, over time he's he claims to be in the centre and that over time – the left has moved even further left, so he appears to be in the right, but in fact mm. he's always been in the same position. It's just the left that's been moving further left, which is, of course, the complete opposite to what's actually happened, where it's been the right has gone the other way. So if if Elon Musk is your saviour billionaire who's going to look out for the small guy, mm. think again. Absolutely. Mm. Um, Shay, Qantas lost appeal over unlawful sackings during the pandemic. Are you aware of what happened there? Hooray! Mm. So now they just take it to the High Court, unfortunately. I'm just going to keep appealing it. Uh, And also I have it on good authority that because it's 2,000 workers, they can't be reinstated, so they'll have to be compensated. Yes. That's what they said. Qantas, Qantas alleged that the union had been uh, dishonest in promising that they'd get their jobs back. Mm. Well, normally when you win a case like that, you do get your job back, but according to the courts, because if it were two people, that would be fine. But 2,000 uh, people, right? that is and, uh, and the courts, too hard. The court said they'd retrench them as soon as possible anyway. So Exactly. Pay out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they've gone on to purchase Alliance. Right. Honest, who were so poor. And Alliance does so, the fly-in, fly-out stuff, which is mm, quite lucrative at the moment. Yes. Right. So yeah. it's going to be um, not much yeah. competition in the air for a while yeah. domestically. Yeah. 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 Mm. So hopefully we'll get our very fast train. <laughs> don't we have an ACCC that's supposed to stop monopolies occurring? What happened there? Yes. I did come across an article, uh, but I couldn't really get my head around how how Qantas like circumnavigated around the A Triple C. Right, but they have been successfully. Yeah, don't know how either. Um, almost the last one. Just this quote from Richard Medhurst on Twitter, um, talking about China and how it's got this base on the Solomon Islands and that's seen as a threat to Australia, um, even though it's 2,000 kilometres away. Mm. Um, but Ukraine potentially joining NATO and being trained and given weapons by NATO is not a threat. People just don't see the hypocrisy of these things. So, all right, I reckon, did you guys have anything uh, that you really wanted to talk about before we... Finish up. It's interesting talking very quickly of Ukraine that um, Russia has managed to push Sweden and 
Finland, who right. were neutral through the Cold War, right. have pushed them into variously serious, very seriously uh, considering joining NATO. There right. are strong moves for them to join NATO. Right. Yep. Yep. And I believe one of the other there's mutterings. Um, tr- um, Putin has been talking about Nazis in another area of that mm. region. Mm. Uh, and people suggesting that if the Ukraine ever finishes, that's his next move. Okay. Um... Is, I, I forget which country it is. It's, it's bordering. It's to the west of and below Poland. It's bordering Ukraine on the west. Yeah. Well, just because a country wants to join NATO, you don't let them just because they want to. You've got, it's dangerous. So, mm. um, But you can see that they're going, well, if you don't join NATO effectively, we're going to get invaded. Yeah. Mm. And I, I don't think they're going to keep um, the Scandinavian countries out. Mm. I think that, that politically it's too strong. John in the chat and room. We- Sorry. Okay. You go. You go, Shane. I was just going to say, and meanwhile, Ireland seems to be uniting. Hmm. So it was like a big win for Sinn Féin, a political party there in the north of Ireland. And right. Maybe, maybe there's a chance uh, for Ireland to become one country. Hmm. I haven't been able to, I haven't kept track on that. It's been a busy hmm. couple of weeks. So I missed that. I find that unlikely. I think there'd be another civil war first. Hmm. Okay. Uh, John in the chat room says, I uh, beg to disagree, Trevor. I think the left and the right have moved equally away from each other to the point that they are sometimes, they sound the same. Um, Horseshoe theory. Yeah. I I disagree, John. Um, I like this quote from, um, I think it's from Chris Hedges. Um He's uh, talking about, well, this is about Democrats and Republicans. Well, of course there's a difference. It's how you want your corporate fascism delivered to you. Do you want it delivered by a Princeton-educated Goldman Sachs criminal or do you want it delivered by racist, nativist, Christian fascist? (laughs) You're just going to get a corporate (laughs) fascism either way. I I was going to say, I I think left and right have become less and less relevant. In terms, yeah. I feel like they've become more and more pronounced, though. On social it's issues, so many. on social issues, but on money, yeah, so, so, on e- money and tax no. and economics, no, they are exactly. so close. There's not a struck match between them. That's the the only thing that differs them now is these um, cultural issues of abortion and religion mm. and um, mm. uh, indigenous rights. Yes, woke theory. Um, and, and, you know, the right loves to promote the crazy wokeness of the left because it's one of the few things that they see as distinguishing them because the, basically the left has adopted the, uh, you know, the corporate. Neoliberalism. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so that was Chris Hedges on the, um, the US, and my response was, if only the Labor Party had Princeton-educated Goldman Sachs criminals. Liberals offer us the racist, nativist, Christian fascists. The Labor Party offers us mere Labor Party hacks. Call me elitist, but when I'm screwed over, I like to be screwed over in style. 
That's why I was distracted earlier, Jay. Sorry, when you were talking about something else, I had to find that quote. That's all right. Yeah, <laughs> it was worth the and, wait. And it was it was Mold, Moldova. Apparently, there's a region of Moldova that Russia considers right. to be Russian. Right. So. Transnistria. Transnistria. Uh, yeah, it's skinny little um, section of land, like a little island. Yes. In there. Yeah. 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 So. But it's been suggested that that's the next target of Russian invasion. Yeah. Well, who's suggesting that? Um, apparently, Putin has been mentioning it in his speeches. Right. Yeah. Okay. He's been ramping up the rhetoric. Right. That's all. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's just, yeah, this, watch what his rhetoric says because yeah. who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Mm. Um, because isn't there Belarus is in between, I think. So no, Belarus is off to, think, to a think, different side. I think I, th- I had the feeling that Transnistria is to the no, Belarus west is of, north of oh, is to the north of Transnistria. Isn't uh, Moldova is south of Ukraine? Belarus is north of Ukraine. Yeah, and when's and where is Transnistria? I'm pretty oh. sure it's on that. The reason why I know this, well, I think I know this, is I got an, a friend Wayne who was into geocaching, and he had geocached in every. It's the country. east. It's the east side of Moldova, right? So it's and where's that in relation uh, to Belarus? Uh, the other side of Ukraine. Okay, so it's on the other side of Ukraine. Yeah. Yes. All right. Crazy little country that my friend managed to get could- into for a day. I was going to say Belarus is a pro-Russian Yeah, exactly. Anyway. So that's why I'm thinking, well, I don't think he's too concerned about Transnistria. No. But yeah. All right. Um, we're done and dusted, I think. Next week, I got contacted by some guys from the Socialist something party. Oh, yes. They were at the rally today handing out um, pamphlets about um, transphobia. SEP, Socialist Equality mm. Party. Yeah. Where they approached and said they, um, you know, any chance of of getting an interview. And um, so I've got a couple of them on next week. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yes. That'll be interesting. Yes. They, um, yeah, they abused my friend today. What? Well, tell me that before we go then. What, what, what did they... Well, um, they were, they are passionate, uh, obviously, about, um, like, transgender issues Mm -hmm. and um, they are understandably appalled that the uh, Liberal National Party is doing what it's doing and that the Labor Party won't commit to um, putting an end to the religious discrimination bill either. Right. So they, uh, they saw my... Um, friend today at High Viz with her sign, right. yep. and so it they started started. an argument. <laughs> yeah, were they there? Um, in, she didn't get me. Were they there in High Viz also trying to drum up support, or were they just? So they come to these types of rallies to uh, um, promote their party, right? Which is yeah, sensible. Yeah. Okay. All um, right. Well, I'll extract an apology from them next week. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. So um, they're very. They seem like very interesting people. Should yes. be a um, yeah entertaining show. Certainly. Yeah. Mm. So 
Um, so that's an obscure little group. We'll see what they've got to say next week. So, so join in for that one next week, dear listener. All right, that's it from me for the time being. Bye for now. Good night. And that's a good night from him. Thanks for seeing me, Doc. Um, I started listening to the Iron Fist and Velvet Glove, you know, just once a week to take the edge off. And now I can't stop. I'm downloading and listening to back copies almost every day. I need your help, please. Well, dear listener, did you enjoy that episode of the podcast? If you did, I've got a favour to ask. Uh, First up, tell some friends. Let them know about the podcast. You'll be discussing something at some time and you might be repeating something I've said. And when you're talking to your friends, say, hey, I heard this on this podcast and it's worth listening to. And maybe pick an episode that you think is a good one and direct them to it. Like grab their phone and go to their podcast app and search for Iron Fist Velvet Glove and subscribe <laughs> on their behalf on their phone and uh, and just put the word out. The other thing is you could become a patron and support the show. So if you go to our website, you'll see a link to Patreon and there are some different options for subscribing and paying per episode. And really the amount that you pay depends on what you get from the podcast. So there's different levels ranging from $1.50 Australian to I think $10 and various ones in between. It's really, what do you think it's worth? Is it worth a cup of coffee? Uh, Is it worth more than that, less than that? Whatever you get out of it, because not everybody gets the same. Maybe you don't listen to the whole thing. Maybe you never talk about it with people. Maybe you really couldn't care less half the time whether the podcast is there. It just it'll be different for everybody. So if you get a lot out of the podcast, contribute a bit more. If you don't get much, contribute less. But in any event, you can subscribe there. If you don't like the idea of a regular subscription, the website has a link to a PayPal donation. So you could just do a one-off donation every now and again. So there you go. It'd be good to uh, spread the word, get a few more listeners And that way, look, if we ended up getting more listeners and more money, we could do maybe a second episode or more special episodes, provide some more content. So it's up to you. If you think it's worthwhile, let people know. Thanks.